Thanks for joining us here at Temple Baptist Church in Centralia, Illinois, where we are a community of people who are not perfect and don't pretend to be. If you would like to see other resources or learn more about our ministry, check out www.tbccentralia.com. Our hope and prayer is that through the following message, you are encouraged, blessed, and inspired to meet the Lord in a powerful way. Amen. God is good and all the time. Amen. It, it's good to be here and glad that everyone came out to be with us this morning. I've got a little bit of a weird message, so hang in there with me. I've, I've got some assistants uh, that I've pointed out, and, and they're going to be helping me out a little bit. And, and uh, you know how it is when you work with assistants. They usually doesn't work, but we're going to give it a try anyway. But before I get started... I don't know how many of you have heard, but one of the churches in our association was attacked by vandalism. Uh, that was Friday, correct? Thursday. Thursday. Uh, the Bethel Church, where I pastored for seven and a half years, someone broke in and tried to burn the building down, but thankfully God put it out. And uh, the building is still standing. There's a lot of damage. And pray for that congregation. And I'm here to tell you, churches are under attack. Satan is, he's, uh, uh, knows that his time is getting short, and he's working on everything that he can to, to uh, try to stop us from worshiping and praising the Lord. And, and uh, just please keep that church in mind in, in, in your prayers. And, and uh, they're a great bunch of people. Uh, pray that God will get them through this without any huge disruptions, but uh, uh, just continue to pray for them. It's kind of heavy on my heart since I just left there a little over a year ago, so uh, it, it's, it's a sad situation. It really is. Okay, if you have your Bibles, turn to John chapter 9. One of my favorite stories in the, in the Bible, I, and I, I hate to call it a story because that... If you, if you call it a story, that, that means that it could have been made up, but this is an actual account of what really happened that day. And, <clears throat> and I kind of title it the first few verse, uh, words of, of verse 1. It says, and Jesus passed by. Isn't that wonderful when Jesus passed by? Have you ever been touched by Jesus as he passed by? And, and one of the other phrases that I really like since Jermaine was talking about phrases, and it came to pass. I love that. I love that saying. And, and in my house this week, <laughs> there was things that came to pass, and I'm glad they passed. <laughs> uh, I've shared with, with several of you, if you follow me on Facebook at all, you know that. <clears throat> Let me kind of back up just a bit. We just got back from vacation a couple weeks ago. We took this great big long trip. You all know all about it. And... Uh, uh, <clears throat> we just kind of got back from that and kind of getting settled in. And I'm sitting there in the living room watching TV a week ago Friday. And Alyssa comes in and she says, Grandpa, the TV doesn't work. We have a TV in the family room. Then we have one in our, in our living room that we watch, the big TV, you know. And uh, 
she come in. She said, it won't turn on. So I get the remote. You know how Grandpa is. Oh, yeah, you just don't know what you're doing. Well, it doesn't come on. So Kay says, well, she's got to have something to watch. So here we go, I'm treading off to Walmart and find a, a 40 inch this time instead of a 36 for her. You know, we got to go bigger. I put it up Saturday afternoon, working great. Sunday morning or uh, Sunday night, laying there in bed, and all of a sudden we hear this huge boom. And I hear, Grandpa! I said, what? She said, there's a big light that shined outside of our bedroom, outside of my bedroom. In our bedroom, we have all the drapes and everything closed so it's real dark and we can't see, but we did. It shook the house so bad. Well, I got up and made sure nothing was on fire, so I went back to bed. The next morning when I got up, we didn't have TV, we didn't have internet. It got struck by lightning is what had happened. And I'm thinking, I just put that brand new TV up last night, (laughs) yesterday. That's one of the things that came to pass. (laughs) And after all of this had happened, Monday morning's my golf game. (laughs) So we don't have internet, we don't have TV, so I go play golf, and and I'm about halfway through, and and I call home and said, Kay, you might want to call Dish TV. She said, I already did. And I could tell by the sound of her voice it didn't go well. She was upset. Now, bless her heart, I love her with all my heart. But she has a couple of, about an hour and a half of TV shows on of a morning. Comes on about 11 on Channel 4. If any of you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. That she has to watch. <laughs> well, she called DirecTV and it was going to be a week from Thursday before she could get her TV back on. And she was not the most pleasant person in the world. I'm glad I had nine more holes to play before I could go home. As Brian and I was talking earlier, you never say to your wife, settle down. (laughs) That's like throwing a can of gas on your fire. (laughs) I learned that a long time ago. I didn't do that this time. I kept telling her, it'll be okay. It'll be okay. It'll be okay. So they sent us a new... Uh, a direct TV or a dish TV box so we could hook it up because they said one of ours was good. So I could buy this 65 inch TV this time. 55 wasn't big enough. So I, I go bigger and I hook up my box that they said would work and it didn't work. So we got the new one and I, instead of putting it back in the, the family room, I brought it into the living room and I hooked it up and after about two hours with, with Dish TV, we had, we had TV, but no local channels. Channel 4, <laughs> for some reason, we still don't have. <laughs> after we got it all going, I said, okay, we don't have locals. And she said, oh, well, that's okay because they're coming tomorrow to, to fix it. But she said, that's okay. That, I said, we don't have locals. We don't have Channel 4. Oh. (laughs) So I'm glad this week came and passed. Amen. And God God gets us through it. And and 
At least our air conditioner didn't go out. Our refrigerator didn't go out. You know, we still had food to eat, and we were still cool. But God will take care of us. Amen? And sometimes things come to pass. Well, as Jesus passed by with his disciples, in in, uh, John chapter 9, verse 1, it says, Now, as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth. Now, I've I've asked a couple of people to be the blind person people today. So Brian, will you come up here? Megan, will you come up here and blindfold yourselves? You can, you can sit down if you want to, because I know how it is whenever you can't see. And I'll promise I won't be too long so you don't go to sleep. <laughs> you got to remember, Brian works night shift. Go ahead and sit down. Sit down. Sit down. Can you see anything? Nope. Good. She can't see because she took her glasses off. I can see y'all are kind of a blur, so I can semi-see. Okay, I don't want you to not semi-see. Well, I know, I'm just saying. (laughs) Now see, as Jesus was passing by, him and his disciples walked by. Get that tucked under there so you can't see anything. You could almost rob a bank, you know what? Well, I, I reassure you I would not want to be caught doing anything. <laughs> but as Jesus had his disciples and they passed by, he saw the blind, the blind man sitting there. And the disciples said, who sinned? Who sinned that, that these two should be blind? Was it them? Or their parents? And there is an answer to that question. Neither, and Jesus said, neither the, him or their parents sinned. But you know what caused the blindness? Who sinned? Adam and Eve. Amen? Sometimes life throws us in, in uh, gives us a disease or uh, some problem that, we, that is caused by life itself. Amen? It's not anything that we've done. About 25 years, about 20 years ago, I had, I had colon cancer. My boss called me in. Because I was missing a lot of work. And he said, Ray, what did you do that you got that? And I'm thinking, duh, I don't know. I didn't do anything. It's just part of life. But the thing of it is, in this one, Jesus passed by. Now, I have asked two people to play Jesus. If you guys would come up and do what I ask you to. Very quiet. Everybody, total, total quiet. Okay, Jesus, you can go back and sit down. Now, there's a point to this, believe it or not. After Jesus touched them, then they could see. After Jesus touched you, you could see. Amen? Amen. Amen. Now, go back to your seats. Now, hang on to this thought. Because this is, this is something that a lot of people don't think of, but Ray does. <laughs> Ray begins to look at it a little bit. <laughs> so Jesus, what he done was that he, he said, uh, uh, you know, there's, there's something that needs to be taught from this, from this incident. He said, there's something, don't be telling them who it is. 
If he asks you who it was, tell him Jesus was there. Okay? Okay. So, <laughs> as Jesus passed by and he saw this, he saw a situation to glorify God. So that God could receive the glory. So what's he do? He tells his disciples, he says, just stand back and watch. And he spits on the ground, makes it clay, and puts it on their eyes. And he says, now go wash in the pool of Siloam. He said, just go wash. But he gave them a particular place to go. He said, go and wash in this particular, in this particular uh, body of water. He said, not just any water will work. But he said, go to this one. Now... He's still blind, so he has to find somebody to help him. Because Jesus said, while I'm in this world, I am the light of the world. And he was able to do that. Now, Jesus, believe it or not, he is here spiritually with us, but he's not here physically with us anymore. So what's that tell us? That tells us that we, we, the Jesuses that I picked out, we are the ones who have to help other people along life's way, amen? So all of us have to, have to be the light of the world, amen? And we all have to be working for Jesus and doing what God wants us to do. We have to be the one who, who says, go and wash. We have to be the one who says, uh, uh, <coughs> says, you can be healed because Jesus can do it. We can't do it, but Jesus can, amen? Now, the blind man, he goes, gets him some help, and he goes and washes. And can you imagine how he felt? Now, let me set the stage just a little bit. I really like fall weather. Amen? I love to see the trees turn. Every year, I drive down in Shawnee National Forest just to look at the trees. Or sometimes we go to Pigeon Forge just to look at the trees. This was in the fall when Jesus done that. It was in probably October or November before he died the next spring. So as a blind man was there washing his eyes. And bear with me a little bit as I use my imagination. He begins to wipe his eyes off, and he sees something in the water. For the very first time, he sees a reflection of himself. Now, all of us Baptist folks would say, so? Okay. But I think he saw that, and he got this big smile on his face, showed his pearly whites, Touched his face because he had touched it before. Just like looking into a mirror. And then he looks up and he sees these beautiful autumn colors. You think he said, oh, this is pretty good. This is pretty good stuff. I kind of like this. No, I think he got excited, amen? And we need to get excited about Jesus, the things that Jesus done for us. We need to get excited, my friend, and see that, uh, uh, so that we can show this excitement to the world because us Christians have the very best life that could ever happen. God has been so good to us, and he has blessed us so much, and we need to be sharing that blessing instead of saying, how would you like to be a Christian? Would you like to come to our church? We need to have some excitement. And I think as he got up, 
And he looked around. I don't think he was just saying, huh, yeah, that's pretty good. I think he was saying, look, look, look. And he was shouting and, and running around and looking at everything because he had never seen it before. And his, as he looked at it, he was saying, my, this is great. This is beautiful. It's much better than I ever imagined. So he comes, he's running around, uh, running around town and everybody's saying, who is that guy? And the Bible tells us, he said, someone said, in verse 9, some said, this is he. The other said, well, it looks like him. But he said, I'm he. I am the one who was blind. I was the one who was sitting there just a few hours ago and couldn't see. I'm the one who Jesus come by. And he said, I'm just going to touch you. And one thing I want you to notice about this that I kind of overlooked before I got started. He never asked to be healed. He didn't ask. Jesus just done it. A lot of times God does things for us that we don't ask for. <laughs> and we don't pay much attention. But this was so huge. So huge. He's coming back shouting and carrying on. And they said, well, and they said, well it kind of looks like him. Yeah, that, they, they have the same kind of appearance. But he's been blind all these years. And, and he said, that can't be him. It's me. I can see. I can see. I can see the, the question uh, uh, mark in your face. He said, I can see that you're concerned about who I am. So they asked him, said, what happened? I was sitting there. This man called Jesus come by. He spit and he put clay on my eyes and he said, go wash. And they said, where is he? Who is your Jesus? Who's your Jesus, Megan? Who's your Jesus that touched you so that you could see? The blind man didn't know. The blind man couldn't say, there he is. He couldn't say, there he is. And Jesus looked like every other ordinary Jew of that day. Walking around, there was nothing special about his appearance. And they didn't know. The blind man didn't know. He said, just this man called Jesus come by, and he touched my eyes, and now I can see. Well, we're going to have to take you down to the temple so that the church people can get this all figured out. So they take him down to the synagogue and, and, and begin to tell him, and, and the leaders of the church, he calls them Pharisees. I like to call them deacons. Uh, I like picking on deacons. Just how did this happen? I was sitting there, minding my own business. Some guy come up, said he was Jesus. He spit on the ground. He put clay in my eyes. Told me to go wash in the pool of Siloam. And he said, I come back seeing. What do you think? Isn't that great? Well, we don't know about that. Because he done that on the Sabbath. And no good Jew does anything on the Sabbath. 
The guy said, I don't know. And I'm probably thinking, he's saying, I really don't care what day of the week it is. I can see. I can see. Verses 15. says, Then the Pharisee also asked him again how he received his sight. He said to them, He put clay on my eyes, and I washed, and I see. Therefore the Pharisee said to him, This man is not of God because he does not keep the Sabbath. And notice that, How can a man who is a sinner do such things? Do such signs. And there was a division among them. That's the reason I like to call them deacons. <laughs> so in verse 17 it says, And they said to the blind man again. What do you say about him? Because he opened your eyes. The blind man said, Must be a prophet. Must be a prophet because no, no sinner could do that. But the Jews did not believe concerning him. That he had been blind and received his sight. And they called the parents of him who had received his sight. Okay, we don't believe you. So get your mom and dad in here. And we want them to tell us exactly who you are. So they go out and they get mom and dad. They bring them in. And, and they're set, uh, the, the guy's sitting there in the middle of this deacon council. <laughs> Looking around. Mom and dad come in. Do you think he recognized them? Just whenever they started talking. And he hadn't seen them. So the deacons jump up and say, Is this your son? Yeah. Was he born blind? Yeah. Can he see now? Well, it looks like it. How did that happen? Ask him. Don't ask us because we don't want to get kicked out of the church. And that's what they were trying to do. He said, ask him. He is of age. So that tells us he was 30 years plus, about the same age as Jesus. So they ask him again. Well, come on, people. You've asked me over and over and over and over. Finally, he gets, he gets a little wise to him and gets a little sarcastic like we all do. And he said, what, what do you keep asking me? Do you want to become one of his believers, one of his followers? And that really upset the deacon board. Oh, yeah, they had to call the trustees in then. <laughs> uh, he said, why, do you want to be a follower of him? And they said, hey, let me tell you something. We follow Moses. We believe God spoke to Moses. We don't know about this man. Why would you try to discourage anyone from following Jesus? Hmm. On down to verse 30. It says, the man, the man answered and said to them, why, this is a marvelous thing that you do not know where he is from. Talking about the, the Sanhedrin didn't know where Jesus was from. And yet he opened my eyes. Now we know that God does not hear sinners. But if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, he hears him. 
Now, we can inject ourselves in there because we're worshipers of God. Amen? And he does his will. And he hears us when we pray. Skip down to 33. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. Jesus was not only from God, but he was God. And they answered and said to him, You were completely, they, the deacon board, said you were completely born in sins and now you're teaching us? And they kicked him out. People don't like to be told they're wrong. I learned that a long time ago. It's like telling your wife to calm down. It doesn't work. So they kicked him out. Now, I told you all this story so I can get to these next few verses. Because this is the very important part. In verse 35, it says, Jesus heard that they had cast him out. And when he had found him. You see, Jesus went to where the blind man was. So I'm going to ask my two Jesus impersonators to go to their blind person and let them know who touched them. Thank you. It's very important that we realize that Jesus comes and searches us out. Sometimes when we are not truly in tune with God, and believe it or not, everyone sitting in this congregation, including the two that are standing up, once in a while we get out of tune with God. We get cast out. We get cast down. We fall down. We fail. We get tired. And when Jesus had found him, Jesus will always search you out and look for you. And he said to him, Jesus said to the one who was blind, Do you believe in the Son of, in the Son of God? Salvation, in its simplest form, comes from believing in the Son of God. A lot of people try to add different things to it. But salvation boils down to, do you believe in Jesus? That's salvation in, in a nutshell. And that's what Jesus asked this man. He said, do you believe in the Son of God? <coughs> And he answered and, and he said, Who is he, Lord, that I may believe in him? Who is he? If someone asks you who Jesus is, are you prepared to answer? If someone asks you, How do I be saved? Are you prepared to answer? Are you ready to say, It's Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the one who died on the cross for our sins? He said, who is he, Lord, that I may believe in him? And Jesus said to him, you have both seen him, and it is he who is talking with you. Amen. I'll tell you what, I would love to talk to Jesus. 
I would. I would really love it. There's a lot of things I want to ask whenever I get to heaven. I'm going to be like a two-year-old when I get to heaven. Why? 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 How? How did that happen? Why did you do it that way? Where is he? I'm going to be just like a two-year-old. I'm, I'm telling you. So if we happen to go at the same time, get out of my way because I've got some questions I want to ask. Jesus said, you have both seen him, and it's he who is talking to you. Then in verse 38, and I'm going to close. He said, Lord, I believe. I believe. How could you not believe when he had opened the eyes of someone who was born blind? How could you not? But I'm here to tell you that if you've ever accepted Jesus Christ in your sa- as your Savior, he has opened your eyes. People who live in the world don't see God in everything. As I talked about the autumn, autumn, the beautiful trees, I see God painting a picture. No one could make a sunset as beautiful as Jesus. I see God in everything. As I have come to temple to, to uh, preach to you and, and to help you work through this, this entire chaotic situation that we're going through, I see God working in it. I see God working in everything. My favorite verse is Romans 8, 28. For we know that all things work together for good. I see God in everything. When you smile, I see God. I see God when lightning strikes and we lose our TV. Started playing dominoes and cards again. I see God in a sunset. I see God in a sunrise. Do you? Then he said, Lord, I believe. Then he took the next step and he worshiped him. You see, we can believe, but it's very important that we worship. I always get tickled at people that tell me that they can worship in, on Sunday morning in their deer stand or in their bass boat or on a golf course, telling me, oh, you know, I look at nature and I worship. I said, if you're in your deer stand and a 10-point buck comes through, do you, do you continue to pray? Do you continue to think about God? Or if you hook a bass in your bass boat, do you continue to be praising God and, and worshiping and thinking about God, or do you think about getting the fish in? When you're on a golf course and you dub one off the drive, do you continue to praise God? Some of the words they use is not praising the Lord. Amen. We need to worship together. I need to see your smiling faces. I need to feel your spirit. Brother Mike, as I walked by a while ago, and he said, are you following me? I said, no, I'm just trying to get some spirit off of you. And we need that. You see, we need to worship. But before that, we need to believe. Do you believe in Jesus? Do you believe he has the ability to open the eyes of the blind? 
Do you believe that he made salvation so simple that all you have to do is believe and ask and trust? If not, you need to accept Jesus as your Savior. You need to come down here and pray because this is an eternal decision. All the things that we have here on this earth are going to burn up one day. Our homes, our cars, our bikes, our, our everything that we have, the beauty of, of this world is going to burn one day. But the decision you make with Jesus to believe is going to carry you far beyond that. Do you believe? If you, have, if you do believe, do you truly worship? I'm going to ask Jermaine to come as we lead into a time of invitation. Maybe there's something going on in your life that you think that, that, that God has just passed by. He hasn't. He stopped. Do you, have you accepted the things that he has done for you? Have you given him thanks for the things that he's done? If not, come and pray. Come and pray. And God will give you a, a clean heart and a clean spirit so that you can worship. Would you stand with me, please? As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in all that God is doing in and through your life, and we would love to continue with you on that journey. To find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ, simply go to www.tbccentralia.com forward slash next. You see, here at TBCC, it's our mission to lead people to become fully devoted followers of Christ who walk by faith and not by sight.